Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. So coming up, a win at last. Uh, Gary Monk and Cameron Dawson back on the show. And we will have a look ahead to uh, Brentford. Um, first, we always mention at the end, uh, so this week I thought we'll do a nice shout out right at the beginning for our goal partner, Title Law, uh, on Twitter, on the uh, Tinterweb. Uh, contact information is in the show notes. Right, to the football. Um, do you know what? I kind of felt quite hurtful going down to Charlton because they've got quite a few injury problems, haven't they? And I know we, we, we were, I guess I was a little bit negative in last week's episode, but we had been creating chances. We just weren't taking them. We talked about the fact we could be on the verge of giving someone a bit of a good hiding. It wasn't a good hiding, but it was a good win. Yes, a good win and a very important one. Uh, when, yeah, they, they deserved it. They kept plugging away. You're thinking second half, the way things are going... In that last sort of quarter of an hour when, uh, you know, Sam Hutchinson, you're thinking, could have got sent off. That's a second bookable. I think other referees would, and then that would have been a game changer at one all. So maybe a bit of a slice of luck overdue, You some would say, that yep. Wednesday got there. And, um, and then, yeah, definite penalty. Uh, Stephen Fletcher, good return to form we've seen now in the last week or so. Uh, and that's going to be... Uh, big for Wednesday going into this busy Christmas period but yeah I think away from home after a couple of months it's on from that impressive results at Middlesbrough yeah um, they really I think you know taking nothing away from Wednesday they performed extremely well on the day and you can only beat what's you know put in front of you but it was a very good time to play Charlton yeah. with the amount of injuries they've had the fact they could only name five players on the bench but Wednesday took full advantage and so uh, yeah full credit to them there were a few surprises with the lineup pretty much everything we said last week there's no chance that Gary Monk would do he did. So Fernando Forestieri started and we played two up front. In hindsight, you look back and think, well, it does make sense because, you know, they got, the, I think the majority of Charlton's injury problems were at the back and they got a bit of a makeshift defence. So it made sense to go at them um, quite hard. But you'd have to say everything he did kind of worked, really. Yeah, he did. I, and I thought actually first half that uh, Fernando Forestieri, uh, if you park the sitter, that he missed and that again that could have been a, a real turning point you're thinking typical uh, of the way things have gone over the last sort of five to six weeks with Wednesday not getting the results when uh, you know Forestieri shoots over from a couple of yards out miss of the season at 1-0 and then Charlton a minute or so what 75 seconds later I think it was went up the other end and, and equalised you're thinking here we go again uh, but actually yeah I thought Forestieri <laughs> On the left in that first half, yeah, I actually thought he did look quite sharp and looked to make things happen. Uh, you know, he great ball in early on for the Atty header that was disallowed. Uh, he had a shot that went just wide, it, uh, and we've seen it so often in the past, and we've said it before that a lot of Forestier's best performances in Wednesday colours have been when he's been. You know, when he's been out on the left and then he's moved centrally and he almost gets that license to do what he wants. Let's go a little bit deeper into that though because if there was a problem in the first half I, f I thought it was that our shape at times was a little bit loose <clears throat> and and maybe that was the intention maybe the idea was that Forestieri would try and run them a little bit ragged you know he would be on the left but then he would come inside I thought at times it left us a little bit exposed defensively and I think we've We've talked about this, haven't we, about Gary Monk. Is there a nervousness for him to play, <clears throat> excuse me, Fernando Forestieri to start him? Because he just doesn't trust him to do the job that he wants him to do. Gary Monk seems to be the kind of manager that quite likes square peg, square hole. 
Fernando Forestieri doesn't really fit that, does he? He's not just like a winger. No, but to his credit, I did think first half that he did put a shift in for the team and did actually think, again, if you watch the highlights back and that first half, he tracked back um, a, a number of times to help Morgan Fox. And so whatever instructions he was given before kickoff. So I do think you have to give him his due. I think there's been times in the past where we've had every right to criticise Forestieri for not doing uh, the, you know, the the work off the ball. But I did actually think he did that on Saturday to the best of his ability. Uh, but of course, I mean, the front two, it was going 4-4-2, but having the three forwards on the pitch. Uh, and... I, you know, I think the general reaction to that team when it came out was it's attack-minded and the fans welcomed it and uh, it ultimately paid off. Kareem Harris obviously playing on the opposite side in the first half. I, I thought he, he didn't look as comfortable there. Again, defensively, it just seemed to live a little bit exposed. He didn't seem to quite grasp the role as much as he does playing on his, his normal left-hand um, side. That's what October in the second half. Um, probably not the best game Kadeem Harris has ever had in a Wednesday shirt, uh, but he looked better in the second half. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. He was a menace, wasn't he, I thought, second yeah. half. Yeah, and could have scored. Uh, had a, uh, I think, actually... Didn't realise it at the time, but he definitely should have had a penalty. Yeah. Uh, if that incident had happened anywhere outside of the box, then you know a ref would have given a free kick. So he was bang unlucky not to get that decision going his way. Uh, I think we also have to mention that Jacob Murphy, that's maybe as bright as he's looked um, in a, a month or two. I think we've shown flashes, but I actually thought second half that that was the difference for Wednesday. They had two good attacking outlets. And then the fresh legs of Reach, late on, great ball in for, for Atty's header as well to finish it off. So I just, I just think all round it was a very good, solid, professional uh, team performance away from home. Good points there about uh, Murphy and Reach. I think we saw something from both of them that we've just not seen from them for, for ages really, which was just this kind of real um, positive determination. They were just, every time, uh, you know, Reach... It's here since we've seen him do that, where he just he just knew he was going to get past the man. He knew where the ball was going to go. He just knew. Um, same with Murphy. Every time he got the ball, he wanted to cut inside. He wanted to get into the penalty area. Um, and I kind of feel that we've seen them both of them. They've generally played on the on the mm. same side, haven't they? But we've we've kind of seen both of them just look a, just a little bit out of sorts, a little bit lost, like they weren't quite sure what their role was supposed to be in terms of maybe having two strikers on the pitch was a real benefit for them because it meant that it was just about just get the ball in the box, just whip it in. Yeah, it was. And uh, it's funny that we know Adam Reach wants to play on the right-hand side. He thinks that's his best position. Uh, and then there'll be some people out there who will be calling for to play you know, with him being left-footed and uh, predominantly yeah, left-sided player. That yeah, So he makes that contribution coming off the bench the other day. So I suppose it gives uh, Gary Monk maybe something to you know, ponder and think about there. Uh, but of course, you're not going to drop Kadeem Harris, who's started every championship match. Uh, so you still, I still look at it and think that right now where we are, is it's Adam Reach and Jacob Murphy who will be scrapping it out for that mm. spot on the right-hand side. Mm. Um, amazingly, we've actually gone over five minutes on the pod and we haven't actually mentioned the two standout performers, I thought, really, on the day for Wednesday. Um, man of the match was uh, Barry Bannon, given by Sky, uh, but I arguably would have given it Tom Lees. I think Tom Lees was um, excellent, really, you know, considering... Uh, we're wondering 
would it disrupt the balance there, the back four? But I think Tom Lees uh, came in and he gave a proper captain's performance and uh, I didn't put a foot wrong for me. Uh, so we know that there's going to be a bit of a selection pose now for uh, Brentford on Saturday. Is it though? Is it a selection poser? Because I th- I think um, we've had a, we've had a few weeks where we've we've kind of had to ponder on this, haven't we? There's three good quality centre halves there. Um, I think Lees and Iorfa is has got to be the partnership now because um, we've seen that Julian Burner there's the odd mistake there. Sometimes he'll go to clear the ball, he ends up kicking it over his own head or something like that. Like th- there's just the odd error there. We've seen him make mistakes. We've seen what's, that in what's... the last month. We've seen that in the last couple of performances. I agree with you, but I still think you have to look at the, the season as a whole. And Julian Burner would be right up there for player of the season. He would. Um, so okay, he's missed a few matches now, actually through injury, suspension, various reasons. Uh, I'd be still reluctant to not pick Julian Burner at the moment. I still think that Julian Burner would get um, in the team for me. Uh, and so, <laughs> um, I, you know, we don't want to single out players who struggled uh, or who didn't, um, right. but you know where this is going. Yep. <clears throat> uh, but you would think that the obvious change to fit them all in would be you would move Dominic Iorf to right back, which is a problem position right now for Wednesday. Uh, so you can then play Tom Lees and Julian Burner, who started off the season together. I, I see that point. Um, I mean, I guess when Liam Palmer's back, it's kind of his position again. Um, I think Iorf has been a rock at centre-half. But I just think he'll learn more from Tom Lees because... Tom Tom Lees is a little bit more kind of the traditional um, sort of British centre-half in terms of the fact that it's been a while since we've seen a player that when he's just uncertain, he just belts the ball out. He doesn't mess around. He's just no nonsense. Um, And we saw that quite a few times on um, Saturday when, similarly, players like Iorfa were just trying to play their way out of trouble and actually ending up getting in a little bit more bother and got away with it. But that little bit of no-nonsense stuff that Tom Lees does, I think um, Iorfa can really learn from that I mean probably probably Burner can learn from it as well but I think because of the experience he's got particularly at this level in the championship Tom Lees has got to be one of the two um, and I think I offers you know I offer is the future not, he, not that Burner doesn't have a future it absolutely does you, you have to have three possibly four quality centre halves in this league because we've seen this season that we've very few times we've had all three of them available at the same time and that will probably be the case for the rest of the season this debate probably solves itself doesn't it um, but I, I just think Lees and I offer are, are the two they've got to be I get where you're coming from and uh, now Dominic I offer has had a very long run in the team at centre half so it's a really tough decision, I think, for Gary Monk, um, even if it is just for a one-off match. But then Iorfa does offer you a lot going forward as well sometimes when he gallops forward and glides forward. So, uh, I, I don't know. It's, gallops is a great word, by the way. It is, isn't it? Yeah, a very underused word. It is a true gallop yes, when it's it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's sort of Carl Palmer strides, isn't it? I think we've talked about it before. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, with Liam Palmer, I think he'll be back for Derby away. Then he will have completed the free match ban. Brentford's strengths, one of them is in the wide areas and they're sort of 4 2 three, one. They have a clear sort of philosophy and way of playing. So to, out wide in the full-back areas is going to be important that Wednesday you know, aren't caught out there. So 
again, all these things have got to come into Gary Monk's thought process when picking that team. There is a problem there because I thought Odebajo was probably for me by far and away the weakest link on on Saturday. Um, he, I think, he's a great athlete. I think he can get up down the pitch really well. It just doesn't seem to be as good with a football as you want a player in that position to be. Unfortunately, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of harsh, but he's just he's more of an athlete than a footballer in my. He doesn't. I, it's, he does not look anywhere near the level of that player who was a regular in Hull's team and a big part of their side that beat Wednesday in the playoffs being a bit years ago. Yep. You know, he was uh, outstanding and, you know, and and you're thinking, you know, he's one of the best wing backs, right backs in the division. He's had some serious injury problems since then and it really just has not happened for Wednesday. You know, everyone will highlight that Preston away match where he's given away the two penalties and I still don't feel as if he's fully recovered from that. No. Um so you've got to hope that there will come a period where, when you know he signed a two-year contract, and that he will eventually, yeah, hit top form. But you're just wondering at the moment where he can't nail down a place in that team. That there's no doubt that Liam Palmer's ahead of him in the pecking order, and when he has had opportunities, I don't feel like he has fully grasped it. Uh, so. I suppose the only positive thing I can say at the moment is that you know, I, I expect Odebajo to get better. I'm, or I'm crossing my fingers that things will turn around and, and will improve for him a little bit. Um, maybe just you know, if he put in one really strong performance, he'd lift his confidence and he'd maybe get back to uh, the level that he showed at Hull. But I mean, there's clearly a player there because you know, he played over 30 times for Brentford last season and, and yeah. you know, they're a very solid, good mid-table team. So you know, there are teams in this league who over the last few years, they've been picking all the time. So I, I just think that for whatever reason, at the moment, he's struggling. Maybe playing his old team on Saturday will be the thing that, that kind of sparks him into into life. We'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, quick words on the goals then. The first one, the uh, the first Fletcher goal. I mean, that was kind of textbook stuff, stuff wasn't it? Um, I love the Fletcher song, by the way. I think we've got to touch on that. Um, that ball in from Barry Bannon, beautiful. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous ball. It's that telepathic understanding between the two of them. Mm. How many times have we seen it? I, I reckon it must be double figures now. Uh, over the years that we've seen those two combined the, the, the best friends off the pitch and it sh- really shows that uh, Bannon knows that the types of runs and the sort of balls that Fletcher wants going into the box and more often than not when you give him time and space the Barry Bannon in the championship will deliver uh, and, and yeah I think Bannon was Quality. There's no getting around it, you know. And not for the, that's the second time, certainly in front of the Sky cameras this season, where Huddersfield being the other, where he's just really turned it on and he can dictate. And uh, Charlton just didn't get close enough to him. Uh, and with that wand of a left foot, uh, it, you know, it did some serious damage uh, at the weekend. And he was also influential in the third as well for Reach. You know, he delayed the pass uh, and, and Reach did well to stay on side. Uh, but yeah, you know, Bannon, not many players in Wednesday's team have the vision and the ability to execute and 
put players through and that's what Bannon did. Credit where it's due as well. I thought Adam you put in a really good performance. Thought he looked really accomplished. Uh, he looked like he knew what his role was and he and he and he executed it really well. Um, great finish for the third. As you'd imagine, the away end just went absolutely nuts. Uh, we were quite close actually behind the goal, and it was just feels like a while since we've had one of those moments. You know that kind of last minute when when we know Wednesday have been leaking goals late in games, and you kind of two one. Uh, you know, it's all just it's it's on a knife edge, and then that happens, and that outpouring of relief was uh, was was just brilliant. Um, we've talked about kind of best performances. Tom Lee's, um, you mentioned Barry Bannon as well. Obviously, I mentioned Ati Nuiu there. I thought Fletcher put in a good um, shift as well. Uh, what do you think was the highlight of the match? I feel as if you already have decided on what your highlight of the match. <laughs> um, it it wasn't Sam Hutchinson picking up his ninth yellow card of the season. <laughs> Uh, lucky to stay on the pitch. I, I, I lucky mean, the, the, to stay the, the, on the pitch. The, 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 for me, for two get two 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 games out of the last three now that you've been lucky to stay on the pitch. Yeah, um, and it, I mean it is a problem. It's definitely an issue for that Wednesday. The, the nine yellow cards and sixteen matches this season. Barry Bannon, I think, got fifteen last year. But yeah, for, but Sam, there was a point where he did settle down. And where I think I remember Lee Bourne having a word of him last season around sort of Christmas time when he took over as caretaker, and it's uh, and it seemed to make a difference. But now Sam has gone backwards. A bit reckless again. And there's been since Gary Monk's come in, there's been two or three really needless bookings um, that he has collected, and and it's going to cost Wednesday. You know, you know, it might be that it's on Saturday, and then he's out for two really tough away matches where they could do with his services and. Uh, you know, we're not talking about a kid. We're not, you know, we're talking yep. about a, a guy who's, you know, who's 13. And, uh, okay, in footballing terms, he hasn't got <coughs> bags of bags of experience because he's only played, what, 150 odd matches, which isn't a lot, but we know why. Um, and it's well documented, those reasons. But yeah, Sam has to. Yeah, you just want. Yeah, I think Gary Monk will be having words with him yeah, behind the scenes, just trying to tell him to uh, to if you can cut out the silly bookings. I don't mind you, you know, taking yeah. the old professional foul or where you you know you've tried to win the the ball back for your team when a you know, the opposition have been on the counter attack and it's mistimed. But it's the silly ones, it's the cheap bookings yeah. uh, that will end up costing him and the team. Hutch Bingo definitely kind of back in play, isn't it? Because it's hard to see him getting through the next kind of two, three games. It's hard to see him yeah. getting through the next week without picking up another one. Yeah. Um, uh, to answer your question, I'd say Bannon's cross for the first goal was okay. it was sublime. That's, but, that was good. It wasn't the highlight, though. No, the okay. highlight of the afternoon uh, was actually the uh, stadium announcer who was the most cockney person that I've heard in a long time. Uh, I particularly enjoyed his pronunciation of uh, Massimo you. Luongo's oh. name. Where it was, Massimo Luongo. Um, so that was, I was yeah. willing him to come on in the second half. I'm like, I need to hear him say that name again. Was, Coming on for Sheffield Wednesday, Massimo Luongo. So that was the highlight of the, um, the afternoon. <laughs> Uh, right, let's see whether Gary Monk agrees with that. Um, so um, this was uh, you catching up with Gary Monk earlier today. Gary, who are the big threats that you've got to look out for from Brentford? I think most of them, because they, it's not only their attacking players um, or their, their forward players, it's, it's the build-up from the back. Um, they've got good technical players throughout the team, so it's not really an individual thing, it's more a collective thing, how we need to control them as a team or, or affect them as a team defensively. So it's not really about individuals. We know the strengths, you know the, the Watkins, but they can score from... Um, all different type of, types of positions, but it's really it's not only the attacking players; it's the build-up play and, and how we can try and affect it. 
um, do you think they're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the I season? I do so, yeah. yeah. I think, as I said, looking at them, the plan that they've had and the tweak that they've made to that plan this season with the investment that they've made, mm. I think, of course, it's clear that their ambition is, is, is for promotion this year. Um, but as I've said many times, there's probably a good 10, 12, 15 clubs that all think the same. And, um, and you see them week in, week out, how tight it is. And, you know, a couple of wins can promote you up to a real healthy position. A couple of losses puts you down a bit. And I think that'll be all the way up until probably February, March. You'll, you'll see it until it's really, really clear, especially for the playoff positions, which, yeah, probably the most open. So their ambition is clearly that this year. You mentioned that Brentford have got a plan and an identity. How long do you think it's going to take you to implement and put your plan in place? Oh, look, being totally honest and realistic, my job is to work on the short term, which is to be here and now. You know, I have to help this team produce results and try and do it consistently. But whilst you're doing that is to have the long-term view of how the team needs to play and how it needs to evolve, and that takes time. You know, but you're also realistic in, in my work and in my job and my role. I understand time's not our friend and we need to be in a position where we can put... That's what I've tried to do, I've said it to you, you know, it's to put the team immediately in, in a position where we can compete for points. I think every single game that we've played, we've been in a position to take points. You know, there's been a few yeah, areas where marginally it's not quite gone for us or it's gone for us or whatever it is, which is... Why not? But I've tried to put the team in a competitive with the team that we've got and the squad that we've got. I've tried to put them in a com- competitive situation where they can compete in every single game and be in a position to take points. But the long-term view is obviously to develop that, but that takes time. So the short time is to get results, get confidence, achieve what the short-term ambition is, which is to be fighting for the top ends of the table. Um, and then in that work, as you go along, the longer you get, the more you get to implement the identity and, and what you want the team to eventually be. Do you already know or have a good idea in your mind what you would like to ideally do with recruitment in January? Yeah, no, I think it's about yeah having those discussions and knowing which areas you want to strengthen and yeah, and knowing which areas are, you know the squad is imbalanced in certain areas. You know that's clear for everyone to see. It's like, but it's no problem. The, the players have been great with it and they're competitive and try to give them a competitive mindset. And then it's as you go along, like any any club is see where you think you can strengthen and and bits that you feel are weak and you can or weaker and then you can try and do it but again that all come down when I, when I sit with it with the chairman and, and all the guys in that process and and we go through what we're able to do and what we can do and and do it the most important bit is to do it sensibly yeah so in theory uh this game coming up on saturday against brentford this should be the best game in the championship this weekend so brentford won seven nil on saturday um Wednesday, I, 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 just, I would argue it's a similar win for Wednesday because we both both Brentford and Wednesday played teams who got promoted last season. Uh, Brentford were at home, putting seven past Luton is significant. But I think for us to go to Charlton with the form that we've been in, with the goals that we've been letting in, to go there and win 3-1, and I think deservedly win um, 3-1, um, despite what Charlton's Twitter feed may think, um, I, I think it's kind of set up this, isn't it, to be a, a real uh, a real ding dong of a game. Yes, a Christmas cracker, mate. A Christmas cracker. Hey, hey. Hey. Uh, I'm wearing yeah. a Christmas jumper. I know so. you are actually. Yeah, I'm liking the uh, the effort you've gone to here. Um, yeah, I I think that it, no, no, it should be an entertaining match. You know, you'd think it's got goals written all over it, really. With uh, you know, Wednesday, uh, I think uh, now, you know, as we're seeing that hopefully 
they're going to carry on and be as clinical as what they were at Charlton and they're going to take that forward that's what we want to see on a more consistent basis but they're, they're creating the chances as we keep saying I think in the last two matches now it's been over 40 shots that Wednesday've had so four goals is uh, not the best <laughs> conversion rate uh, but if they can improve that then hey they'll get closer to that top six and they're only two points off at the moment so yeah, bit another big week coming up, as we know. And Brentford, they, you know, you look at Owe Watkins as the star man, double figures, one of the near the leading goal scorers in the championship. Uh, you know, I think he's a you know top player, and it won't be long, I think, before he'll be in the Premier League. But they've got some other you know really good uh, forwards. But they always give you a chance, Brentford, at the back. So I I, I do expect there to be goals, and now it'll be nil nil. Yep, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Brent, I, I've got a huge amount of respect for Brentford because consistently season after season their best players leave and they have new best players within a matter of weeks they just have this incredible kind of production line for a team that doesn't have an academy they have an incredible production line of talent that just keeps coming through and through and through huge amount of respect for uh, for the club um, <clears throat> it would be entirely logical to say there is no chance after Saturday that we would not start with two strikers on the pitch which in Gary Monk world means it's absolutely possible that we will start with only one striker on the pitch on Saturday. You can't predict, predict what he's going to do. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I think there'd be no Fernando Forestieri, uh, so that's one option. That so is he definitely out? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Forestieri won't be involved. And you know, uh, Kieran Westwood is another that I still don't think will be ready. Uh, and then... So one change will have to be made with Forestieri out, but it could just be a straight swap. Murphy, Harris on the left, Hutchinson, Bannon. But you're right, the way that Brentford play and they set up, midfield is going to be vital. Uh, uh, and to do you bring Massimo Luongo in? Uh, there is also Kieran Lee. Um, and then you would, you'd think it'd be dropping... Atty really wouldn't it? I mean, I think the the biggest one for me will be in defence. It's what he does really. Uh, you know, that's the fascinating one for me this weekend. Uh, as to uh, will, will he bring Burner back, or will Burner now be told almost right? I'm afraid you've made a couple of mistakes recently. You're going to have to fight for your place and wait for your chance. Isn't that harsh though? Because it's just uh, Lee's and I offered did well on Saturday. So it's sorry, Julian, but. Um you've got to fight for your place now. You know, they, they, yeah. took, they, they took their opportunity. We did concede a goal. It was a, a bad goal to concede. I don't think either of the centre-halves were necessarily at, at fault for that. I can't really remember. I've only watched it back once. Um, but I, I would say that you know there's no, there's no real reason for us to change that back four. If we had someone else that we could bring in, and I know that there is I offer, if we had someone else that we could bring in to replace Odebaggio, I think we probably would, but our hands are a bit tied on on that. It is his old club, so maybe you think, right? Well, this this is your opportunity. You know, you know this team, yeah. you know how they play. Go out there and prove. I think you make a great do. point. I think because it's his old club, that might be that Odebajo gets an, another run, they get another chance. Uh, I'm not going to say last chance saloon actually, uh, but with Palmer due to come back, uh, it, it certainly would be in. Odebaggio and the team's interest, it would, be, it would be great if Odebaggio did put in a big performance on Saturday. That would do him a power of good. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully he rise to the occasion. But, yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to go along with what you're thinking. I've, it's, it, the chances are that he'll try and keep the same back four. 
It is another busy week as well. Um, there's an election next Thursday, by the way. Is it? You noticed that. Uh, before that, though, we've got um, Derby away on um, Wednesday. Wednesday on on election eve. Never an easy place to uh, to go, and I kind of feel like we've, our record there in recent years has not been brilliant either. It's a place that we always seem to struggle a little bit. I think that's the biggest understatement ever, James. <laughs> but I feel like I said that last week yeah. against Charlton. No, it's like, oh, no, we don't no. do very well at any of these grounds. Dar- Derby, <laughs> every time I look, check the record books, it's the poor way, not just going to Pride Park. I think the last win there was it 2007, I think it was. I think right, Twig Gay scored. No, but, you know, and they've been in the same division a lot of that, you know, what since then. Um, but yeah, actually, if Wednesday's record in general against Derby in the last 20, 30 meetings, not many wins. Mm. Uh, so a good chance to put it right, really, uh, mm. at Derby. And this is not the strongest Derby team. Um, that we've seen in the championship in the last few years. Uh, Very hot and cold, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's obviously big hoo-ha and hype over Wayne Rooney's arrival and the fact that you know he'd be eligible to play for them in the new year. But you, you look at them and they have got, I think, some very decent individuals in this league from Waghorn up front. Uh, Dwayne Holmes is a good player in midfield. And they've got... yeah. Um, uh, the the winger who the Wales international I've forgotten his name but um, yeah they've they've got four or five I think actually who I would say that you know are players that can certainly hurt you defensively so yeah it's going to be a big test for Wednesday uh, but hopefully they've turned a corner away from home I think that's what we're we're all crossing the fingers that uh, yeah Charlton now they're going to kick on from that how many points do you think we'll take from the two games. I take three. Uh, I mean, from the week, I'd love... Are we I'd love, Forest, I'd, yeah, yeah, if we include Forest, I'd love six. I'd love six, but I think I'd six... Six, 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 yeah, I think conservatively, I think four. So that basically means beat Brentford and then only one point from two tough-looking away matches. But I don't expect Derby to finish in the playoffs. Forest, it's the best Forest team. I know we'll talk more about that next week. I think it's still the yeah. best Forest team, though. And they, for me, will de- you know, in a number of years, and they definitely will finish in the playoffs. I think they're one of the strongest teams, but they've been a bit hot and cold. So, I don't know. I, mean, I think, you know, if Wednesday, if they turn it on and c- sort of continue the way they've been playing, hey, I mean, West Brom, they've got nothing to fear. Look at how they played second half yeah, at West true, Brom. True. That should give them a lot of confidence for those uh, two away matches. An unbeaten week would be great. Uh, well, it we would. need to win in there. It, well, it would, but then that's it. I mean, winning two draws, five two points draws. is not bad. But I mean, it's the home form as well, where you can actually take again uh, big heart from the fact that uh, that they're unbeaten at home under Gary Monk. They haven't lost at home, only Everton in the cup. So um, too many draws in there, uh, and, and that's why I think it would be uh, you know a, a, a big fillip for them and boost if they were to get a result against Brentford. Right, let's hear from uh, a guy that put in a good shift on Saturday. Um, here's Cameron Dawson. I think in general, it's it's an easier task playing at home for everyone in this league. Um, obviously, I've, some people have different records, but I think for me, it's always been it's always been nice. So preparation wise, everything you've not got, you're not in hotels, you're not on the road, you're you know you you're staying in your own bed, you you're doing things how you like to do them. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'd say I find it slightly easier playing at home, but in terms of your question, I've not really got an answer in terms of why. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, very good. They're a good side. They've um, they've come on strong the last last few weeks. Um, got some very good players, especially attacking wise, and um, they've showed up at the back as well. With a you know they made a big signing from Leeds and showed that side of things up. So uh, so yeah, that would be a tough test. Did everyone you think in the league pay attention to their result last week? Yeah, I think so. Um, I was I was talking to a couple of lads about it. And, when Brentford are at home, you sort of get those results sometimes. I always feel Brentford are good for a couple of seasons, a, f- a five, six goals at home, because it's that sort of ground, that place, where if you start getting on the wrong side of things, it just it's just got a very strange feel about it from the playing side. But if you start getting on the wrong side of things at, at that place, you know, it can soon, can soon get messy. And, you know, unfortunately, that's what happened last week. And uh, But we'll be looking to put in a positive performance and, uh, and go from there. As well as you've done as a team this season, not being anyone in the top half yet. Um, what psychologically would it do if you could get the result this week? Is that right? Yeah, it's a good stat, that. Um, <laughs> Is it yours now? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Um, I don't think, that, to be honest, I don't think the lads are aware of it because it's not something I've heard in the in the dressing room. Um, but you know, we'll just we'll just keep going about our business, like I say we. We're really not far away. We've, we were we were good on Saturday, and and we need to back that up now. We need to put back-to-back wins on the board, and I think, like I say, that's when you when you really start climbing the table and you put you keep putting threes on back-to-back. If you're going to finish in the top six, though, have you got to beat the teams around you there to? Yeah, well, you've got to win games. It doesn't matter. You've just got to win. I think it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter where your wins come at the end of the season. If you you know you just need to win games. Um, and that's that's the case for us. That's the case for everyone around us. And um, yeah, the, the league's there, and it's you know it's always the same. The championship in terms of everyone can be everyone, and uh, we'll just we'll just keep going. We're coming up to the halfway stage nearly in the season. How confident are you that this is going to be a good season? Yeah, like always, I know you go into every season thinking that you know this is going to be this is going to be the one. Of course, you do. Um, we know ourselves that we've. We've dropped a few points recently, um, but like saying the championship, they can they can soon be, be made back up. So that's something uh, we'll be working on. And obviously, with games coming thick and fast, it's a it's a great time to do it. Does everyone believe that you've got what it takes to finish? Yeah, look, I think to be honest, I, you know, it's a club like Sheffield Wednesday like this, if you you know if you're just happy with mid table and things like that, you're, you're wasting your time, really, aren't you? It's, um, this club has, has expectations whether you want to hide behind them or not and, and we know what they are and that's what we're working towards. We could probably fill the next half hour discussing the latest on the uh, the uh, stadium gate, EFL gate. Have we, have we come up with a name for it yet? Uh, yeah, stadium gate. Stadium sort gate. Of standard, isn't it really? Um, things have kind of developed since we talked about it last week, perhaps surprisingly because I thought it would probably go quiet for a little bit, but um, suggestion that there could be individuals who are charged, uh, the club kind of coming out fighting in the last 24, 48 hours with um, a very kind of strongly worded statement um, from from Sheffield Wednesday. Um, all kinds of different rumours, suggestions, stuff flying around. I've heard some people saying 12 points would, would kind of be what's expected, then suggesting there's 21 points, then talk about possibly um, immediate relegation, all this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I think we're just going to sit back and see this play out now, haven't we? Yeah, and, and it's 
going to arrive. It's all getting a bit it, mental. Well, it's going to rumble on and on. I mean, really, I mean, the, when you're looking at it from what's happened this week, the, the development is that, well, it's essentially that it's not that we already knew about the charge against the club. It's the individuals involved. That's so, and that actually was something that emerged, and that those individuals have known about. It was on the same day as Wednesday were charged. Uh, so actually, nothing has changed this week. Uh, but it, it's just come to light uh, that we we now know that it's, it's Hade Ponchanziri, Catherine Mayer, and John Redgate. Um, uh, are there in the firing line as well, but that was a very strongly worded statement from Wednesday, um, and it's this independent disciplinary commission. It, it's a case of when that's uh, going to take place. No date has been set yet, uh, but I, I would think it's going to be in the new year. Um, and who knows? I think we've said it before. I mean, it could be very similar to Birmingham. It really wouldn't surprise you with. Um, the EFL if this is something that happens long into the season and could really undermine what Wednesday are trying to achieve um, uh, all we can do is just carry on winning yeah, that's football it. matches isn't it now yeah yeah and and, get, and, that's, and actually Gary Monks I mean he's from his point of view he's quite happy just yeah you know he he come out with the sort of bog standard replies to uh, everything involving this charge but his focus is going to be purely on the football uh, he's kind of had this sort of stuff pretty much everywhere he's been uh, pretty much all most of the clubs he's been at have had similar sort of you know Leeds right. was a weird time to be there he was at Birmingham last season we all know what happened there um, and so you know he's. I guess he's kind of he's a bit of a, a dab hand at, at this in terms of all the stuff that's going on behind him just saying it's mm. not our problem not we can do about that yeah when's he fortunate from that point of view really that they've got a, a man there who uh, he's still relatively young, but I mean, he has already got a vast amount of experience in management and has worked at big football clubs and uh, off the field problems that they've had to deal with. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, it's one of them where, you know, you're looking at it and thinking the EFL, it would seem, feel to charge Wednesday in the first place. They They must feel very confident that they've got a strong case. But then going off the statement that Wednesday put out you know Wednesday clearly feel very confident they also have a strong case um, and so it's sort of going to be like two bulls colliding isn't it really and something's going to have to give there's yeah. going to be no middle ground you know this is effectively the prosecution against the defence isn't it This and this uh, sort of independent disciplinary commission I would imagine that it may be a bit like being in court and it might go on for, say, a week or may possibly longer. There's mm-hmm. going to be so much evidence involved on both sides that um, it's not a straightforward case, is it? So, uh, yeah, it's going to rumble on and on. It is. Um, a couple of very quick mentions for things. Well done to Dominic Iorfa, who got Wednesday's uh, Player of the Month. Very well deserved. Uh, and Brighton in the FA Cup third round. I imagine you're really looking forward to a uh, trip down to the south coast in the probably the coldest weekend of the year in early January that'll be uh, that'll be fun cheers James <laughs> right on to our opinions so last week we asked you uh, who do you think should be Wednesday's number one uh, it was a tight one this in fact I've not checked the result I think the result actually is, I think the voting is still open so let me have a let me have a look and see where we are at with it um, so it was very close when I um, I last checked did you vote I definitely voted 
Uh, yeah, well, we kind of talked about it last time, didn't we? In fact, a bit of a late swing. There's still three hours to go on this because we are recording on uh, in the morning. So Cameron, whew, Cameron Dawson, 51%. Kieran Westwood, 49% as it stands. So um, I think it's I, I think it's fair for us to say it's pretty much neck and neck yeah. without avoiding a debate about Brexit. Um, <laughs> so um, that is very, very, very close. Uh, this week on Alpinions, um, so I mentioned it earlier on, with the Stephen Fletcher song really taking off on um, Saturday. Lots of people talking about that on social media and whatnot. So it got me thinking, what is your favourite Wednesday song? Favourite Terrace song? This is so easy. Well, I guess it is for you in your time associated with Wednesday because there's, there's only really been one really big song that's kind of defined an era, isn't there? Yeah, Singing the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't think of that. Yeah, you didn't, did you? Yeah. Uh, what, what, one song I, I assumed, defined my I, era. I assumed you would, you would say Carlos had a dream. It was up because that defined an era, didn't it? The the Barry Bannon song, yeah, uh, as well. And then you, uh, I suppose, from this season, it would have it, and especially with uh, the team having their Christmas party this week, uh, the Julian Burner song, yes. Uh, you know, which they gave a good rendition of uh, that you can see on I don't social know why media you kind of imagine well. that players just don't know anything about the songs that we sing. Like they don't oh, take any they, notice yeah, for all the players know. to sing they, along with that. They love it. You can just imagine them weird. talking about it in the changing room as well, can't you? Um, and Julian Burner being as the popular man that he is, yeah, they, they talk about that sort of stuff. Uh, I know it's not really a Wednesday song, actually, but uh, just going slightly off uh, tangent, uh, I do love, uh, of course... Uh, waterfront as well before kickoff. Yep, yep. Uh, j- just you know that was, there was that point last season for me when they stopped playing it and it was in the Jos Lukai era. Yes. And then when they brought it back over Christmas, yep. you, you felt almost as if uh, I'm not going to go as far to it was uh, the turning point or. Uh, no. You know, drawing a, a line or chapter, you know, underneath the whole Jos Lukai era. But uh, yeah, that was that was when you felt. Not that we've got our Wednesday back, but the you know psychologically the, the, though, yeah, yeah, it's important for fans that yeah, fans yeah. were singing. You know, we've got our Wednesday back around that time. That song was mm. kind of you know knocking around. Um, so I think that was really really important. And um, for mine, I'm going to go back to kind of the early to mid '90s when this started. Although it's still a song that that's sort of knocking around because um, it's the song that the band on the cop always play when Wednesday score a goal, and I think the song is called Triumphant March. Um, but I'm just going to play a bit of it so you know what I'm talking about. It's much easier to do it that way. Oh, no, now an advert's come on YouTube. This is not going well. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I should have prepared this a little bit better. So it's a song that just defined the 90s following Wednesday, uh, Wembley, Europe, all that all that stuff. I only, when the band play, I have to tell you on Match Day, I, I only ever hear snippets of it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't, on the I, North, I don't really hear much of what they do, but I know no. I used, I used to sit on the cop way back when. And so, so I hear some of that tune, yeah, so I do recognise it, yeah, but that's it. It's, it's one of them where I only hear a little bit. Uh, of it so I'm not yeah I'll I'll lend you some of my Wembley videos from the early 90s if you want to catch up on why that song kind of means so much all the kind of the Kaiserslaut and stuff and whatnot (laughs) so yeah we want to know what your favourite Wednesday song is from uh, your time following the Owls let us know on Twitter Facebook wherever you fancy you can catch Dom at Dom Housen I'm at James Marriott you can contact the show at Dom and James Uh, thank you again to our gold sponsor Title Law who you can find at titlelaw.co.uk and that's just about it thank you for joining us as ever please let us have your feedback we appreciate 
appreciate your reviews as well. And you can subscribe for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week. Check the show notes as well for details of how you can become a supporter. Up the owls and see you next week. <laughs>